Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,258. All this month of March, I've been interviewing inspiring automotive enthusiasts who are women to celebrate Women's History Month. Today, I talk to a talented artist whose love for cars comes out on the canvas. You have to have great skill to puzzle together these bits of information that, from a distance, look like an exact likeness of the car. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from beautiful Laguna Beach, California, although it's a little chilly there today. Kind of an odd winter for Laguna Beach. Heidi Mraz. Heidi, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. Let's put the pedal to the metal. All right. Heidi Mraz is a conceptual artist and an automotive researcher who creates bespoke portraits of significant automobiles celebrating their beauty and provenance. Her intoxicating work of art are equal parts eye candy, history lesson, and hide and seek. I love that. She is best known for her handmade multi-layered historical-based collage work she calls the Art of Provenance. You will find her art in both corporate and private collections enjoyed by enthusiasts from around the world. Some of her clients include the world's top automotive collectors and museums, and they include Peter Mullen, who's been a guest here on Cars yeah? Robert Jepson, Ferrari, Haggerty Insurance, McKeel Haggerty's been a guest here, and the Peterson Automotive Museum, where I've had many of their folks here on Cars yeah. Heidi was selected to create the official poster art for the Pinehurst Concours and the Art in Motion Concours in New York. She also works as a curating consultant for the White Collection in San Francisco. Cars are Heidi's muse. So Heidi, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for art and automobiles. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, so I was born left-handed. So, uh, you know, I was probably predisposed to being an artist. And I was pretty lucky as a child. My uh, parents exposed me to some great art. We traveled throughout Europe and, and went to the most important museums. And two artists that influenced my work very early on and you may be familiar knowing that your father was an artist, is Giuseppe Archimboldo. He's the guy who was a Renaissance oil painter that he painted faces out of fruits and flowers and animals. Yes, yes. And they were scientifically accurate. It was really crazy because it was the 1500s, and they were witty and they were funny. And so, you know, if you look at my, my art is very much a composite in almost everything I do. And the other one was Hieronymus Bosch, and he's the late uh, medieval painter, and he created these insanely weird paintings. One of them was the Garden of Earthly Delights, and it's this bizarre world that's filled with like Wonka machines and hybrid animals and hordes of dudes, and it's it's delightful and terrifying at the same time. But that was painted in the late 1400s, and it has all this detail, and it just it blew me away, and so. What I took from those two artists were you can surprise people and you can put an incredible uh, incredible amount of detail in your work and draw people in. And at the same time, you can deliver a narrative that is surprising and and different. Yeah, those artists, well, especially the second one, Ron, 
boy, I don't know what that guy was drinking or smoking or what he was doing, but his brain was in a different place. That's for sure. I remember learning about him. It's like, this is scary. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit Salvador Dali-ish in the sense of just bizarre. Absolutely. And in fact, I think that, you know, the surrealist movement came from looking at a lot of his work. Yeah. And considering when he was doing this, you would think he'd be burned as a heretic or something, you know? It's like, I agree. I mean, it it amazes me, but maybe it was because to them it looked like damnation at the same time. And so, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. (laughs) Very cool. Well, as we continue, and before I say the next thing I'm going to say here, I want to make sure. I'm going to put links to Heidi's website. I encourage you listeners to go and look at what she's creating because it's absolutely fascinating. I found Heidi on Facebook quite a while ago. I've been kind of chasing her around the world trying to get her on the show. She's a very busy lady. Uh, and I'm very appreciative that you're here with us today. And I know you're vacationing uh, in Laguna Beach. And I mentioned, you know, it's been cold and rainy down there. I'm sorry that happened to you this year. It's usually beautiful in Laguna Beach. But uh, in fact, it snowed yesterday on the beach in Malibu. That's pretty weird. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, but that happens, you know, once every 50 years, I think. Uh, but at any rate, as we continue on your journey, Heidi, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your artistic success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Heidi, grab the wheel. Well, there are three things, you know, that it comes down to, and that's do great work and always add value and be different. I think if you can apply that to anything you do, you're going to be successful. And so if we look at it in terms of how my work is, you have to have great skill to puzzle together these bits of information that from a distance look like an exact likeness of the car. Yes. And to do that, you know, it's the only way to get impact. So that's doing great work. And then to add value, half of the time that I spend on my art is is on research and acquisition and historical information. And that adds value to a car's dossier or its provenance and even actually to the car itself. In, in my research, I've uncovered lost photographs and film clips and I've unearthed this documentation and artifacts that have actually helped forensically work with the car when it's being restored wow. and have actually answered questions about you know issues about matching numbers on cars. Mm-hmm. So this one car that I worked on which was an Oscar MT4, it had a motor in it that was they couldn't identify. But it wasn't the matching one that came from the manufacturer. Right. And what had turned out that I uncovered was that this car was ordered with two motors. Oh. One, an 1100cc, and the other a 1500cc, because this gentleman driver that commissioned the car wanted to be able to change out the motor to race in different classes. Ah. And so now that can be answered. Yeah. Well, you think about it, a lot of provenance of automobiles, especially collector cars based on matching numbers. Is this what came in the car? Is this what the car really was? But then you throw a twist like that into it and you go, wait a minute. You mean it came with two? So there's two different chassis or same one chassis number, two engine numbers. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. I have a friend who has a 250 short wheelbase Ferrari. And when that car was originally ordered, it was ordered with an extra engine and transmission, which he still has in the box, the crate that came from Ferrari. Yes, yeah. And so these kind of things are absolutely fascinating. You know, one of the the collections you work with is the white collection. I have a quick question about that. Is that is that the Porsche collection? No, no. No, okay. It's a private collection. Okay. Well, there was a uh, there's a story in uh, Porsche Panorama 
magazine that I get of a gentleman that had a collection of all white Porsches, a very private. <laughs> nobody knows who he is or where he is. It's all kind of secret, but they he lets them come in and his curator was interviewed, not him. I just uh, wondered if it was the same guy. No, it's not. Different person. Okay. He's got well, different color vehicles. Different. A lot of, oh, okay. a lot of red ones. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, this guy, everything's white. It's an absolutely almost surreal room to look in the sea of white cars. And there's probably 50 plus cars in there and they're all white. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, talk, talk about getting uh, kind of trapped into one color scheme. It's like, for goodness sake, there's more than white in life, buddy. But uh, <laughs> I'm just jealous. I wish I had all those white Porsches. Yeah. Well, let's go back in time a little bit okay. here, Heidi, and have you share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car gal? Uh, you know, yes, there is. Actually, there were two moments. But the first was when I was seven, my dad took me to Germany. He's from Essen, Germany. And we were driving down the Autobahn and we were going faster than, you know, he had the pedal to the metal. And this car, strange looking car, it literally blew by us. It was this orange. I had never seen anything like it before. And we pulled off the next exit to go to this pub. And there it was. Not only there it was, but there was another one. And now I know that it was a Porsche 911. But it was the first time I'd ever seen a car like that. And I had to know more about it. And so, you know, then, you know, I was a kid. I played I Spy. There's a Porsche. There's a Porsche. There's a Porsche. They were everywhere in Germany. And um, when I got back, um, I started to look through magazines. My dad, you know, had a bunch of magazines and the Porsche advertising just knocked me out. I couldn't believe it. And so I was hooked from that moment forward. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. Essen, beautiful place. The Techno Classica Essen. Yes. Have you Uh, been there? I have. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, a big show. It's a huge show. I lucked into it the first time I went to that event. I was driving from Frankfurt to, where was I going? Somewhere uh, east, southeast, and happened to drive by and like, what is that? Slowed down, took an exit, came back and went, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Called the people I was going and said, I'm not going to be there today. uh, I got a little waylaid here. So. Yeah, that's a great show. Beautiful yes. part of Germany as well. Let's talk about a story that kind of led you down a path of frustration, maybe a challenge or a failure that you faced. I mean, making a career out of being an automotive artist is uh, got to be a bit of a challenge, uh, maybe some ups and downs here or there. But the most important part of this story that you share with us, I want it to be what you learned from it so that you can move forward. So kind of walk us through one of those tough times. You know, I decided to focus solely on automotive art just fairly recently, I was uh, a woman over 50 in a man's world. And I didn't really know much about pre-war cars. and But I felt strongly you know, that I had finally found my calling when I got into this. And I wanted to share this historically based art. So I decided at the last minute, someone told me, well, you have to go to Amelia Island. It's like the pebble beach of the East Coast. Yeah. So I decided so late, in fact, that there was not one hotel room on the island. And the black tie dinner event was sold out at the Ritz. I didn't know a soul in the business. I didn't know what to expect, but I had my iPad and it had images of my art. And I just, I felt compelled to go. So I figured that I would go to the Ritz Lounge before the event because that's where everybody, I assumed everybody was going to hang out there. And I got there and it was packed. It was standing room only. And I, it was so packed. I had, it was a challenge just to get to the bar, but I did 10 loops through this place and I could not break into one conversation. It was, I felt like, First of all, I felt there was all men. I couldn't find one woman to stand next to. Yeah. And I thought, 
to myself, what the heck am I doing here? So I went into the ladies lounge and I sat down, I called my husband. I literally, I felt defeated. And my husband is this great networker. And he said, well, give yourself an assignment. He said, you know, you can't leave until you pass out 10 business cards. And I thought, well, I can do that. So it took my focus off my insecurities. And so I went out, I did a loop again. And just as I'm about finishing that loop, I look out and at the fire pit, there's one seat open. So I go over to it. I go to sit down. And just as I'm about, my bum's about to hit the seat, I hear the guy next to me say, I'm sorry, my father-in-law is sitting there. Oh. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, can I just sit here for a minute? Yeah. I mean, you know, and when he comes back, can I give you a business card and, and him a business card, too? So I thought, okay, too bad, right? <laughs> yeah. As I'm waiting, he starts asking me some questions. And I share my story. And the father-in-law sits down, and they ask to see my work. I'm like, oh, sure, okay. So I start to show my work. And it turns out that this guy's – it was his 50th birthday, and the father-in-law was looking for a gift to give his son. Oh. And he was a dealer, car dealer, Mercedes. They loved it. They said, well, how much is it? I explained. I sh- you know, showed them more. And he said, sold. So the wow. very first person I talked to. Well, there I, you and, go. Yeah, selling what? It was crazy. And so, I, you know, what it is, is if you believe in something, what I learned is if you believe in something, make it happen. Don't give up. And, you know, you got to get through your insecurities. So for me, it was dare to be different and do what you feel like you were meant to do. And I honestly think that creating this art that is historically based, that shares these significant cars with the world and, and, and literally saves its history moving forward for other people to see on a single canvas, I think that it is my calling. Yeah. You know, really valuable nugget you dropped there for people. And, and I've interviewed hundreds of artists here on Cars, yeah. And, I shared with uh, Heidi in our interview uh, chat before we started this uh, how my father was an artist and he exposed me to artists. He was an architect by trade, but artist too. And how hard it is to make a living at that. And I've, I've talked to so many people, but you hit the nail on the head, the, the head there is you have to get out and get amongst people and show them what you're doing. And there's all sorts of way, ways to do that. I've uh, been walking on the lawn at Pebble and seen artists sitting there drawing in a chair or sketching or painting. And people come up and go, oh, who are you? What do you do? And, you know, here's my card. And, you know, well, why don't you come over and paint my car? Oh, okay. And there you go. There you land a commission. It's really just about getting out. And one of the things that I tell friends who are artists or photographers, because I've mentored some people to help them kind of expose themselves to the trade, is you have to go to these events and you have to talk to people. And the great thing about cars and car hobby is that people love to talk about their cars. So it's easy. You just have to instigate the conversation and you almost can't get away from them. I mean, they'll tell you all about their car, their life, everything. So I'm so glad that you did that. And, uh, it's just a, you know, it's just part of life. I mean, sometimes it's hard putting yourself out there and there's always that bit of fear that people won't like what I'm doing. But even if they don't like what you're doing, ask them why. Well, it's not good enough yet. You need to hone your craft a little better mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. So, uh, yeah. And art is so subjective. I mean, one it person's, really is. Yeah. One person's idea of cool is another person's idea of what the heck is that? You know? Well, to give you an idea of this, it's so funny because when I first started creating art of cars out of magazines, my husband, who, you know, he's my best critic, said to me, I don't think anybody's going to buy these because basically, you know, car people, they love to polish their cars. and You're taking something that is like a discarded magazine and you're trying to turn it into art. But he was so close to it 
you know, when you're standing right up next to it, it is this organized chaos. But when you step back, it's when you, you get you get this magic, and then you get to find out these tidbits, these gold nuggets of information about that vehicle. And enthusiasts eat it up. But what I find is it opens the world of cars to everybody because I really honestly haven't met one person that hasn't enjoyed the surprise of looking at this. You think it's one thing and then it's something else. And then finding an image within an image and then finding a story within a story. So I just feel so blessed to be part of this. And no, like yeah. you said, and the, and the world of enthusiasts, everybody seems to be so kind. I've, you know, it's like I found my tribe of people and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we're pretty lucky. You and I, we get to go to these exciting places, Pebble yes. Beach, you know, Amelia Island. I've got to tour all throughout Europe. I went to Chantilly and to Hampton Court and wow. some really exciting places. And I get to, to talk about art and talk about cars. It's my passion. Yes, very much so. Uh, but you made your own luck because you got yourself out there and you did it. Bill Warner, uh, Chris Brewer, both from Amelia Island. That event, of course, took place uh, earlier in March. We're recording the show actually right before Amelia Island. But I'll tell you something, Heidi. I had your website up on my computer. I have a large computer, 32-inch monitor, big monitor here. And I clicked on artwork, and you got that rotating series of pieces. And I got up and left the room, went to another room, and I can see where my desk is from the other room. And I was looking at your art from about, I don't know, 15 feet away. And it's a whole nother thing. It was really exciting for me. I'm like, whoa. And then as you get closer, as you said, you start to see all these little bits of history and and words and things that create these shapes and colors. Listeners, you got to go and check this out. It's just something like, You've never seen before. I guarantee it. It's really, really cool. So great story. Love, Thank love that. You. Thanks for, thanks for uh, sharing that with us. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your personal first really special vehicle, a car that, uh, or a bike or truck. I don't know what it might be. Something that was special for you and maybe share one of the fond memories you have about that ride. Sure. So uh, why I started a business, um, I didn't want to be a star- starving artist. So I started a business in, in my early twenties that was, creative based and mm-hmm. it was very successful but it was the 80s and so I bought a car cash I paid cash for it and it was a Mercedes-Benz 380SL convertible cuz my dad told me if you're successful this is the car you need to have so of course I had that in my head I'm successful I have to have that car so when I was uh, just about to drive off of the lot the salesman said to me you know there's a curse on this car and what I said, what that's what I said what I already signed oh <laughs> And uh, he said, yeah, if you buy this car, you're going to be married within a year. And I laughed because I was 24 <laughs> years old. I just got this car. I'm ready to go to the beach, you know, yeah. wave to people. And I laughed and drove off. Well, that very night, I kid you not, I met my future husband. No way. But we were not married within a year. We were engaged within a year. So I would say that's a blessing, not a curse. Exactly. Wow. Well, that's, first of all, very bizarre thing for a salesman to say. I mean, once, once you made the sale, shut up, you know, just. Say thank you very much and don't say anything that could wreck the deal. But that's an odd one. Wow. Yeah. Well, kind of fun. Kind of, and those came, are came true. great cars too. Yeah. What what fun. But yeah. Very fun car. Yeah. yeah. I remember when the, the 450 SLs came out originally, my next door neighbor, uh, Mr. Swanser had one. He let me wash it and that started my car detailing business that took me all the way through college. So those cars have a special place in my heart for sure. Well, is there a car you've owned that you wish you had back? Any seller's remorse in your life? Yeah, there is, but it's not a classic car. 
I bought a 1997 Toyota Land Cruiser just before my third son was born. Mm -hmm. And I would have loved to have kept it now for him because he he's my car guy. I got, yeah. I got one out of, out of the three boys I got one. <laughs> and he tinkers on it. And it would have been great for him to deck that thing out, put a snorkel on it, a winch yeah. on it, and do yeah. his thing. And uh, I see one on the road and I think, oh, God, I just wish I had kept it for him. Tough thing to forecast, you know, when you're having a child, um, right. you know, will they like cars? What should I keep for them? But uh, yeah, those are cool cars. Certainly have come back as classics. And uh, Jonathan Ward, I had as an early, early guest here on Cars, yeah, who takes those old Toyotas and restores them in miraculous ways and just updates them, does some amazing things. Uh, for his company's called Icon. You could give him a call, although his, his, his rides are a little pricey. He does very, very high-end work. So I want to save up your coins before you, you find out what the cost is. But no, Jonathan's a great guy. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up this year about your art and your business. What are the kind of things you're doing? Are you have any commissions going on? What has you excited about creating art right now, Heidi? Well, first I have to say, I have a dream job. So uh, every piece of work that I do, exci- really, everything excites me. I'm working on the Lake Majore Bugatti. Let me start Ooh. that one over. Yeah, um, no, I so- know the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I'm working on the Bugatti of Lake Majore for Peter and Merle Mullen. And um, that is such an exciting project because it's the story of this legendary car that was supposedly there was a lost race in Bugatti that was owned by a Grand Prix driver, Rene Dreyfus, right? And he lost it in a, a drunken poker game to this Swiss playboy who was he was a poker player. He kind of, you know would win everything. And he won this car. And as he was taking it back to Switzerland, he didn't have any money in his pockets and he was unable to pay the duty. So they impounded it and he was supposed to come back and he never did. And so what was customary at the time, they would dispose of the cars. And this one, they were going to put into Lake Majore. And the clever customs officials, they decided to put it onto a chain. And it supposedly was this 35-foot chain, but it was rusty and it broke. And the car rolled about 170 feet to the bottom, flipped on its side. And the side that was in the silt was somewhat preserved. And the other side was, you know, open to the water and it's sort of gotten eaten away. It looks like a skeleton. Well, then it became about 1960, some, 69, 67, sometime between there, it became, it was proven that it was in there. Before that, it was just lore that this Bugatti is down at the bottom. And then it became this underwater attraction. So people could go down and dive down and see it. And of course, you, you know, dive down that deep. It was, you know, 43 fathoms down there. It was pretty deep. Um, and it was very dark down there. So um, in 2009, a local dive club, the Escona Dive Club, they decided to raise it because this boy had tragically died, not, you know, diving, but they decided to start a nonprofit in his name. And they raised it. And when they raised it, it took about a year. They had to build a platform to put a crane on to to pull the car out. And when they pulled it out, there were thousands of people. It became a media sensation on the shores of Ascona. And um, there was actually air still in the tires. (laughs) <laughs> it was really, I mean, just an incredible, incredible story. And then um, they took it and it was sold at Retromobile in 2010 and Peter Mullen bought it. And it's it's now in the Mullen Museum. You can see it. It's in its own room. It is a spectacular exhibit. The car is sitting up. One side of it, you can see, is sort of eaten away. You go to the other side and you can see. You can even see some of the, the French blue paint on it. 
still amazing. And the way that he set it up is behind it is it being pulled out of the water and it's this big lit panel. So you get a sense that you're, you're, that it's underwater and it's quiet in there and it's just a moving story. And you think about it, 1925 and where, and how far it came and where it is, has ended up. Yeah. Wow. My job is to tell that story through collage. And, and interestingly enough, that's, it's going to be 10 years since it was raised this um, summer. And so I've got some champagne bottles in there from their drunken poker game, poker chips, all (laughs) kinds of amazing little details that help tell the story. Wow. What a commission. What a dream commission, man. That is, uh, can't wait to see that. The, The whole car, the story, I'm familiar with it. It's absolutely spectacular. And for those listeners who have never been to the Mullen Museum, this is a place you have to go. It's, yes. it's incredible. incredible. Just what Peter's done there and the cars he's put there, it, it's it's unlike any other, I think, any other car museum I've ever been to just mm. because of the class of cars and, and the fact that if you take a young child there, they go, this was a car? Somebody drove this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. But that car, yeah, very, very yeah. Interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, very cool. Well, Heidi, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yes sponsors that make this all possible. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. MAV TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Heidi, we are back. And I have a very introspective question for you. As an artist, I'm really curious how you're going to answer this. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a vehicle in the garage, what would Heidi be and why? 
Oh, that's a good question. So if I were a car, so I'd think about it, it'd have to be from my favorite genre of cars, which are the late 40s and the early 50s. I just love the cars that came out of that area, mm-hmm. era. Um, it would be a rebodied work because my you know work is about reimagining something. So it may be designed by an artist. It would probably be a little quirky and be made out of some unique materials. It'd have to have lots of racing history, so plenty of material to work with. And it would have been displayed at some car events and probably a car museum. So the car that I've chosen, you can tell I I gave a lot of thought to this, is the Ferrari Wovo, the egg, which means the egg in Italian. And it's this rebodied version of this 1950-166MM. And it was really cool. It was commissioned by Count Rosado. He was a famous, wealthy gentleman racer. And the car crashed in the melee. But instead of bringing it back to the factory standards, he decided to have it rebodied. And it was coach built by Fontana. But the designer was this, who then became famous um, sculptor, was um, Franco Reggiani. And he created it to look to look sort of and be more aerodynamic and be efficient and be lighter. He had been studying uh, aerodynamics at the time. Yes. And so it got the name um, the egg because basically what it looks like is a jet without wings. And that's yeah. how it basically got its nickname. It was fitted with this, with a really big gas tank. So the advantage was even though it was lighter, it could go about 300 miles between stops. And wow. the windshield was made out of crystal, which was not customary at the time. So the way it was set up, there was less reflection. So it was easier, I mean, to drive it and for visibility. Let's see, what else did it do? It had a, a you know, it, this is just one of those incredible cars. When you look at it, you just, you have to go over to it and you want to find out more about it. It had won some, did win some races. It was displayed at Ferrari's 50th anniversary in, in 1997 in the, the Museo Enzo Ferrari in, in 2014. It's kind of billed as one of Ferrari's most famous cars ever. And it was sold. You may have gotten a chance to see it in Monterey in 2017. It was sold at RM. So yes. I was so happy to get a chance to actually get up close to that car because it is one of my favorites. It's it's quirky, but that's you know that's what I really like. I like cars that are very different. Well, no kidding. That's one of the most unique answers to that question I've heard. Uh, Volvo, U-O-V-O, of course, egg in Italian, 1950 Ferrari 166MM. I know exactly the car you're talking about. It's yeah. blue, light blue yes. on top with the dark blue on the bottom. Uh, It is one of the most unique. You look at it and it's almost like a cartoon in a way because it's just so different. And you go, what what was going on here? I love that car. Um, Yeah, the windshield, very, very cool, unique, the way it kind of points at the top and droops down. And I remember the the back, the spare tire is inside the back, big bubble window uh, that's in the back. It's just a gorgeous car. Wow. Very unique answer. You put some thought to this. I I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the listeners, look this car up because if you've never seen it, it's going to blow you away. You're going to yeah. go, man, what were they thinking? And yeah. I love the, the backstory you told here too. Very nice. Well, Heidi, up next is the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that uh, Wilvo throttle. So here we go. (laughs) Would you share one of your, uh, well, let me back up here. I'm jumping ahead. How about the best automotive advice you've ever received? This is funny. I I would say, this is, my husband told me this, is sometimes you have to rip off that rear view mirror in life. Yeah, I like that. And and then the other one I always say to my customers is, you better check provenance. (laughs) Uh, 
yeah, yeah. Well, I like that first one from your husband. The old saying is there's a reason the windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror. Um, and, and I love uh, the, the, the late, great uh, Ayrton Senna. He had a great quote that I actually have on my business card. The past is just data. I only see the future. Always looking uh-huh. ahead. So it kind of relates to what you've said. Mm. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one that you'd like to share that you believe has contributed to your many successes? Yes. I, you know what? I think you always have to try to exceed expectations. I mean, yes. You've got to give not just 100%, but you know, go for more. Yeah, my dad always said that. You know, he said, uh, uh, under promise, over deliver. Always mm. give people more than they think. And it even went back to my, my paper route days. Uh, he was telling me that and I was in junior high and I said, well, how can I over deliver a paper? And he said, you know, the biggest complaint people have about paper boys is they throw the paper from the street and it ends up in the bushes, the lawn, it's wet. How about if you went up and leaned it against somebody's door, even open their screen door. So when they open the door, the paper falls in. And I looked at him like, do you know how long it's going to take me to deliver? And he goes, well, why don't you try it for a couple of weeks and see what happens? I got more tips. I was just that say, month yeah. than I even made being a paper boy forever forward. That's how everyone got my paper. Uh, it took a lot of extra time, but you know, back then, I mean, when you got a $5 tip from one person and you had 90 customers, that added up for a young man. I could buy a new surfboard every, every three months. So <laughs> very cool. Now, how about a resource? There are so many great resources these days. Is there one you'd like to share? Yes. Rev's Digital Library. It's this Mm. incredible resource for collectors. I don't know if everybody knows about it, but they've amassed like over half a million historical images from the early 1900s all the way through the 21st century. And they're great for referencing if you're going to be doing restoration or you need, you know, period race. It's just, it's it's an incredible resource. It really is. I've been trying to get somebody from Rev's Institute on this show. If anybody out there listening knows somebody that can uh, connect me with someone, I really want to expose them more to my listeners. And a lot of people I talk to have never heard of Revs. Absolutely spectacular resource. Mm -hmm. What they're doing is really, really cool. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Oh, I would love to have a drink with Jacques Sauchik. Oh, oh my Sauchik. gosh. Yes. yes. And, and, yeah. and he could bring his son Pierre along as well. Okay. Well, so he's, you know, this. <laughs> see what I can do about that. Yeah. His uh, coach builder extraordinaire. I mean, he, if you've ever seen any of his cars, they are just crazy. Yes. You know, they've, there, there have been quite a few at Pebble. And uh, I got to see the Graham 97 supercharged, and that just, I had to look him up and see whatever else he did. And it turns out that one of my favorite car, one of my other favorite cars is the Hispano Suiza Dubonnet. And Ooh. he created that. And I mean, amazing. What he put, he was an inventor, you know, just when you thought he was going to go too far, he took it even further. But his attention to detail and the quality of the work is out of this world. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just incredible. You start doing research on that guy. And it just blows you away Mm. of what he was involved in. Nice choice. You're the first Mm. one to pick him. I think that's pretty darn cool. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners should also read? I love Michael Furman and Coach Belt Press. (laughs) So I would say anything from that publisher is going to be amazing. And for me, it's always a sin to cut that stuff up, but that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we won't let him know. Yeah, Michael's a friend of mine. He's been on the show and... um, the, the books that he produces, I've got them all. I mean, they're just magnificent. Yes. Of course, his photography is 
some of the best of the best photography that you'll ever see. He turns things into even greater works of art with the way he plays with light. But the Coach Built uh, Press books, fantastic. Yeah, if you ever want to buy your hard-to-buy-for car friend a gift, get him or her one of these books because they'll be on their shelf forever or out on their coffee table. So very nicely done. Shout out to Michael. And you can find my talk with Michael on the Cars Yeah website. And you can find all these researches Heidi shared with us today on her very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Heidi Mraz, M-R-A-Z, it's the spelling of her last name. And we'll also make sure we put a link to her website so you can see what we've been talking about if you're not already familiar. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Heidi. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world, but there's a couple rules to this game. It's a driver. I want you to take it out and enjoy it. No garage queens allowed around here. Uh, You can't sell it to buy a bunch of art supplies or other cars with. You got to keep it so you're stuck with it, so you need to choose wisely. And of course, it's the only collector car you can have in your garage. So what can I buy you? Mm. So, you know, the easy answer would be a Ferrari 250 GTO because, you know, everybody would want to see that and I get to drive it and be invited to anything, but I'm not going to pick the easy okay. answer. Okay. So we, the other, my other favorite car is the Bugatti 57 SC mm. Atlantic. Ooh. And um, we know Ralph Lauren has one in black and Peter Mullen has one in blue. And supposedly there was another one that was smashed in a train crash. It was sort of rebuilt, but very small pieces of it. I wouldn't pick any of those. I would pick in my imaginary garage would be chassis 57 453. And a lot of people don't know about this, but there is a fourth Atlantic and it was the last known reference of it was on this list of Bugatti cars that were due to go to Bordeaux, France in 1941. And then it just disappeared. And so, you know, in my mind, I think, well, maybe it was dismantled or hidden in a barn to keep it from the Nazis, or maybe it was confiscated by the Nazis and it's in some underground cave. But I would find it after my exhaustive research and I would put it back together. And of course, that would be in my garage. I would take it out and share it with the world. Of course, I'd have to have an armored guard because it would probably be the most expensive car ever. Yeah. And But it, it, that's a car, I think, that would have it all. Yeah, it makes for a great story, a great book. You know, those cars built 36, 37, 38. I mean, they're just, they're little gems. Ugh. And when you are- For me, for- you, know what, you know what gets me is the riveting detail on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the way that that centerpiece goes across the hood, up across the top, down the back. Yeah, for those folks out there that have not had the pleasure of seeing one of these live and on the lawn at Pebble or Amelia or wherever you might see one or in a museum, uh, just look it up and Google it. And and this car, I wasn't aware of this. You now got my Mm -hmm. interest peaked. This is very interesting. Yeah, you just you cross your fingers that someday, somehow this thing will emerge, hopefully not from the bottom of a lake. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and and somebody will bring it back. Uh, there's plenty of folks uh, in this country that can do incredible restoration work and you know bring that thing back to life. But uh, wow, that would be the find of the century, mm-hmm. find yep. of a lifetime. You've you know my my guests make it hard for me because I've got to buy all these cars. You made it re- <laughs> now. I got to go find this car. Oh my gosh, yeah. this, that is probably one of the most unique answers, but you're a very unique lady, so I would expect nothing less. Heidi, you've taken me on an incredible ride today. Really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing thank your you. artistic journey with the Cartel listeners. 
Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off since you're in Laguna Beach up the Coast Highway in that beautiful chassis 57453, the fourth (laughs) Bugatti Atlantique? Yeah. So, you know what? We are at the dawn of this new era of autonomous vehicles, the driverless cars, and they're coming. And But uh, for me, I think it's really important to document, and you're doing it so well, this automotive past and and to, as, as Mikhail Haggerty says, save driving. And yes. for me, it would be such a huge, great loss if we can't teach that next generation on how to care for and drive these cars. I mean, yes. think about it. There are a lot of people that don't know how to drive a manual car. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I, and I mentioned my third son. As a toddler, there was not a moment that he did not have a car or a truck in his hand. He <laughs> imagined every day being the driver of that car and what it could be. Yeah. And it what a loss it would be if we don't have that anymore. Yep. And so, you know, for me, it's about I'm committed to sharing these stories and to saving the history and, and getting people excited about the automobile and, yeah. and to do it in a fascinating way. And so I'm thankful for people like you and Revs and the Historical Vehicle Society and and the museums for keeping that saving that history, keeping it alive. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Uh, Yeah, it's very, very important. And you can I couldn't have said it better. Uh, Excellent way to leave off the show here. And, And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and see your artwork and follow along with what you're doing? Well, I have a website that is HeidiMraz.com. So it's H-E-I-D-I-M-R-A-Z.com. And uh, follow me on Instagram at Heidi.Mraz. And I'm also on Facebook as Heidi Mraz Automotive Fine Art. There you go. That's how I met Heidi. Well, listeners, again, you can find all these great links. I encourage you to follow along with Heidi on the Cars yeah show notes page I've created for her. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Heidi Mraz, M-R-A-Z. And that page will pop up. You're going to love what you see. Heidi, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing uh, your incredible life with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Really enjoyed it. You're welcome. And I hope the sun comes out for you down there in Laguna <laughs> yeah, Beach. Too. And before it you have to, up a little. Before <laughs> you have to head back to cold Virginia. There you go. You take care. Safe travels. Thanks. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.